Welcome to Professionally Challenged, war stories from leaders driving change in law firms. Your hosts are Rob Patterson of Parkins Lane Consulting Group and Paul Evans of Toro Digital. Today we're chatting with Catherine Thomas, one half of the team who is behind founding Free Range Lawyers. Prior to starting Free Range Lawyers earlier this year, Catherine spent about 20 years working in the business of law at Rag & Co and Pinsent Masons in the UK. While she was at Pinsent Masons, she co-founded Vario, Pinsent Masons freelancer lawyer community. She is now the CEO of Free Range Lawyers. Welcome to the show, Catherine. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Rob. So, um, Catherine, I thought we could kick off today just getting a little bit of an understanding of your business model. Yeah, so, I mean, contract lawyering is not a new concept. Um, It's now pretty well established. And obviously, Vario, um, the organization um, I founded back in 2013, was was one of the first, certainly one of the first law firm-led services to do this. So, contract lawyering is not a new concept, um, but it's still very much about lawyers physically coming into the office to fill a role. Um, And in the work that I've been doing, particularly since I've been in Australia for the last four years or so, um, I've become increasingly aware of a gap in the market, um, A, to help law firms, and B, to help really um, small and medium-sized law firms access um, that contract lawyer talent. Um, and that's on the demand side. Um, on the supply side, um, there's also a gap in the market. Um, I know from my experience um, with working um, with contract lawyers that there are a whole host of people who either can't come into the CBD, don't want to come into the CBD. The way that their life works um, doesn't suit um, an in-office assignment. Um, and so free-range lawyers, what we're doing is we're essentially matching those two markets. So on the supply side, lawyers who are working remotely um, and on the demand side, specifically targeted at lawyers um, and law firms and particularly in that SME space. So, Catherine, what do you think of the external factors that have given rise to to this new way of working occurring? So are there there certain things that have occurred in the marketplace that makes this more doable than maybe it was 10 years ago? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll start perhaps with the more obvious side of things, which is on the supply side, so the way that lawyers are working. You know, I think um, you would have had to have been living under a rock for the last 10 years. You know, if you haven't seen a real shift in attitudes towards work um, and workplace culture. And so there's a far greater emphasis now on um, working in a way that that, um, fits around life um, a bit better than perhaps we all did in, you know, um, 15, 20 years ago. Um, There are also huge um, technological changes that are really recommending remote working. So, you know, I remember going into my first video conference about 20 years ago or so, and that was in the offices of KPMG back in the UK. And I thought it was amazing. But the delay um, on the speech was such that it was really difficult to get a decent conversation going. We all know now, and we're using that technology at this precise moment in time, that there are there's a whole swathe of really cheap, if not free, um, uh, mechanisms for you know communicating really effectively when, when you're not in the same room. Um, so the technology has really advanced. People's attitudes towards their um, their life um, and their career has really changed on the supply side. And so what we're seeing is increasingly lawyers 
um, are less concerned about finding that job for life. Um, and are more interested in getting a whole variety of experience and also having what they feel is greater control over their work. And that's really led to the rise in contract lawyering. I think on the on the demand side with the law firms, there have been you know similar seismic shifts really. So you know we all know that um, uh, the power of buyers has increased. Um, the amount of choice that they have available to them has increased, and that has put pressure on law firms to deliver their work um, more efficiently and more creatively. Um, and, and using contract lawyers is one of the ways in which they can do that. So really looking at their resource cost base. Um, and what really smart law firms are doing is saying, you know, um, we need a core of employed lawyers um, who form the culture of the firm um, uh, and form that collective memory. Um, but we don't necessarily need to just have all of our work done by employed lawyers. And actually, our, our demand is variable. So why don't we match that variable demand with um, a variable supply of people that we are very carefully vetted, that we trust, that we've got to know, who can do work um, as and when is needed to meet those peaks? Um, and then I think the last thing I'd say that applies to both that supply and demand market, uh, um, a much broader macro environmental factors that are really recommending this way of working, particularly remote working. Um, we're all becoming much more acutely aware of the impact that we're having on the environment. Um, commuting and you know, heating and lighting and cooling large offices um, is not a good thing um, for the environment. And we're also much more aware of, of, of our own well-being mm. um, and actually enabling people to um, work in a way that supports their physical and mental health um, again, it's becoming um, uh, um, increasingly important, both to the individual lawyers, but also to the law firms, you know, to be able to demonstrate that they're supportive of their people working in that way. Yeah, the capitalist in me also thinks that it's it's a cheaper way of, I guess, operating a law firm in some senses where you might not need quite as much office space and you don't have those overheads that you would if um, you were employing them directly. Yeah, 100%. You know, um, particularly when I was working in the UK, when you looked at the, the total cost of having a lawyer in an office in an expensive London location, yeah. um, it was really eye-watering. And actually, salary, which we all focus on, was a drop in the ocean. Um, <laughs> you know, so, so, yeah. so those overheads are really significant when you insist on somebody um, being in an office. That's the first thing. So remote working is cost-effective. Um, in that regard, but also you're right. It it um, it we're matching um, the resource with the demand, and so the law firms aren't paying for these people to work unless there is a client demand for them to be working, unless they are actually essentially earning fees. So you're you're getting that much tighter match than you necessarily get with an employee, um, and that you know that will also help the capitalist in you too. Paul. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Okay. So I totally get that. So there's environmental factors in terms of the demand side, as you say, the law firms, there's cost savings, there's environmental, there's health and wellbeing. And in respect of the supply side, yeah, definitely you've got people wanting to work more flexibly um, and, yeah, concerned about the environment as well. It's beautiful. Now, um, I've done a recent stint working with a virtual firm. Um, and one of the things that I learned that was a bit on – caught me a bit by surprise was that virtual or remote working isn't for everyone. So 
given that, what sort of things do you do to to determine whether it's appropriate for um, people within to join free range lawyers? So, do you do any sort of screening in terms of their ability to work remotely or whether um, it's advantageous? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean. A key element of what we are selling is the fact that we're doing this screening. And you are absolutely right. Remote working isn't for everybody. Um, And we are not dogmatic about remote working. You know, there is a place for in-office working. um, And that suits some people and remote working suits others. So while I, I, yes, I am evangelical about the benefits of remote working, it's remote working in the context of um, a wide variety of choice um, in terms of how the lawyers and the law firms operate. So yeah, what we do is um, we're really we're pretty structured about the way in which we select our lawyers. Um, uh, experience tells me that um, you know having a clear process that everybody understands gets the best results. Um, and the one thing that we do that is really valuable um, is my partner um, Bailey Bosch, Dr. Bailey Bosch, who is a psychologist, uh, applies her expertise um, to really forensically assess. Um, whether somebody has the skills to work remotely, um, the behaviours, but also the motivations um, to, to to make remote working happen. Um, and so we're really clear about that. She um, actually leads and administers um, an online um, psychometric assessment, um, which she then analyses and which we then use in a um, face, well, a Zoom um, interview. Um, to really get to know the individual. Um, And we find that remote working is not for everybody. And the best thing that we can do is be honest about that and clear about that in our selection process. So, you know, not everybody becomes a free-range lawyer. There are great lawyers out there and fantastic people who, A, don't make good contract lawyers and, B, don't make remote work good remote workers. Um, And that's fine. We just need to find the ones that do. Okay, that's good. So, are there any, is there any demographic or psychographic that represents, say, the best catchment for you? Is there, like, an age group? Is there a gender? Is there... Um, is it, like, parents or is it, yeah, people literally working outside of capital cities? Do you know what? There is much less of a typical demographic than you think. Mm. So I have people that actually live in cities but don't <laughs> want um, to do in office working. I have people who live quite literally in the middle of the desert. I have people who are running their own farms um, and so live oh, yeah. in that way. I have people who are recovering from serious illness mm-hmm. and so who are thinking, you know, who have a lot to offer um, but are being realistic about, um, you know, what they can and can't do. Um so, you know, the, the reality is there's no typical demographic. What I would say is, um, you know, our lawyers tend to have a few years' experience under their belt um, because, you know, to do this kind of working um, when you're right at the start of your career is pretty challenging. Yeah. Um, you know, so typically we're looking at people, you know, over that five-year PQE, and we do find that a lot, a lot of our lawyers are over the 10-year PQE mark. So that's probably the, you know, the only demographic marker um, in terms of the, you mentioned psychographics, um, Robert, in terms of, you know, how people, how people think and how people operate, we've got a much clearer picture, um, in that regard. And obviously that's what we apply to our selection. So, you know, contrary to the popular belief, um, uh, that I think, 
considers remote working to be for real introverts <laughs> um, and people who don't want to communicate. Actually, our experience is to be an effective remote worker, you 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 need to be a pretty sophisticated communicator um, because you don't have the structures that in-office working offers for the, that relationship building and socializing. And let's be honest, you don't have quite often those non-verbal cues um, that you can also right. find. So we're actually looking for people who have really quite sophisticated communication skills, are able to read well into a situation, understand when they need to kind of over almost over-communicate and when they need to step back and, and let things um, you know, allow things to get on. Um, we we also need people who um, are very self motivated and self driven, um, because again, without that in office structure, um, it, you know, for some people it can actually be hard to knuckle down to work. Um, uh, we need people who are able to have the right balance, though. And because also my experience is I do a lot of remote working. My experience can often be that the day the day just goes and I've, I've barely got away from my desk because there are no interruptions. So we're looking for people who are very can apply themselves well, um, but also um, have the mental bandwidth to make sure that they um, you know operate in a healthy um, and healthy way for themselves. Um, and and I guess the last thing is we're we're looking for people who um, can structure their tasks well. Um, again, because um, you know you don't have somebody sitting next to you um, to tell you how to do the work. So we need people who are able to understand what the problem and issue is, and then figure out a way to um, um, to tackle it practically and get it done. Um, so the psychographics, it's really interesting. The psychographics are a lot clearer, actually, than the demographics. Okay, that's really interesting. I, yeah, and you learn a lot about yourself doing remote working, again, having done a bit of it myself. And I, I think one of the things that I found was that I can work really well remotely, but often I need a bit of background noise. So, you know, I don't don't necessarily need to be communicating with someone, but I need a bit of background noise. And so I found that I actually work really well in a cafe or I work really well um, often at um, co-working spaces as well. Um, are, uh, yeah. Would you allow lawyers to work from co-working spaces? Yeah, we don't. Um, so free-range lawyers, we don't stipulate um, where people can work other than, um, you know, obviously sensibly ensuring um, that it's a suitable uh, working space. Um, if a law firm has a particular requirement in that regard, um, it's very much down to them to communicate that um, and for us to make sure that yeah. it, it happens. So, so some of our people um, will work from co-working spaces. Far more, um, you know, we find... Uh, have their own home office yeah, and operate yeah. in that way. So you're saying I'm an outlier? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, well, I think I think part of it is a function of of where our people live. So co-working spaces are still tend to be based in cities, yeah. right? Mm. And if you yeah. and if you're doing what we're doing, which is typically accessing people who are based outside cities. Um, they're just not so readily available. Yeah. Um, and, you know, those people, but those people are fortunate in that space is less, uh, less of a premium, so it's kind of easier for them to also have a home office. Fair enough. How do you communicate with your remote lawyers? Is that mainly by video conference? 
Um, yeah, we use a lot of video conference. Um, and in fact, we use video conference in our selection process. Um, and so anybody that's been through the free range lawyer selection process will recognize this. Um, and it probably won't surprise them that that is actually part of our selection process. You know, so if you can't use video conference effectively or find a way around it pretty quickly, um, that in and of itself is going to, um, you know, ring alarm bells. So the medium is the message in that regard. Yeah. Um, so, but um, we use a combination. Um, so it will be um, uh, email, um, video conference, and then increasingly starting to use um, uh, some of the messaging platforms like um, Slack for example, just to, to ease ease off the old inbox um, and, and enable communication that's a little bit more project-based. Okay. okay, so onto, this, onto the demand side or onto the, the law firm side. Um, when you're talking with law firms, do they take convincing in terms of the use of remote lawyers? You know, I can just imagine some objections being thrown up such as, you know, wanting line of sight of their solicitors. Or as you mentioned before, confidentiality and security. Um, do you find that you get a bit of pushback in respect to that or, or are we getting a bit more sophisticated? It's, as ever, with these things, it's a mixed picture. Mm. Um, so we're very clear that we are free-range lawyers and we're remote working. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, our law firms sometimes self-select. I'm sure that I... Um, therefore won't hear from law firms that don't want to entertain that idea and that's fine um, because that reduces our you know our cost of sale and just um, you know um, ensures that we don't waste anybody's time Um, but those that do come through there's a real spectrum so I've had some law firms that have come to us directly specifically because we have remote workers either they operate um, um, on a virtual basis or with one law firm, they just said, look, we want lawyers that think a bit differently, that are a bit creative, um, that are quite forward thinking. And we saw your business and just thought, well, that's a nice shortcut to finding those people because the chances are if they've come to free range, lawyers are going to think that way. Um, so when she said that, I thought that's great. Wow, that's that's yeah. Um, it's nice. Yeah, it's nice yeah. to be able to say it on a podcast now. Um, <laughs> And then, right, and then right at the other end of the spectrum, what I'll get, and these are typically the much larger firms and the more established firms. So there is a clear distinction, in my experience, um, from the, the small and medium size. A medium can be, you know, fairly chunky size, but those small and medium size organisations that that uh, are very willing to give new things um, um, a go. At the other end of the spectrum, the much larger law firms, we find just because of the, the very nature of their size and they're established have established ways of operating. Um, and, and that's where there's a little bit more convincing. But the reason that I'm speaking to those law firms is a lot of them say, we've been looking for this type of lawyer in this type of location for six months, nine months. We cannot find anybody. Um, can you help? And I'll say, well, um, can they work remotely or do they need to be in the office? Well, they would kind of need to be in the office. Well, I mean, okay, free range lawyers are remote workers. So I'm probably, I'm not going to help be able to help you in that regard. But what I will say is if you've been looking for six, nine months, it, it's it's unlikely that, you know, we're going to find somebody. So you need to change one of those parameters. Right? If you really need this these skills, you need to change one of the parameters. Um, why not change the geographic location? Mm. Um, and let's see, let's see what that opens up. And instead of perhaps focusing on the person that you 
think you want sitting in a seat next to you. Let's talk about the output that you want to achieve, right? So you've got an overworked team, a partner who's desperate for help. Let's just talk about the work that needs to get done rather than the person that you want to join the team. And if we can talk about the work that needs to get done, um, I can find you somebody to do it. Um, and so, uh, and then some firms, you know, we still, we still have people that don't feel comfortable with the remote working. Others say, yeah, absolutely. You know, let's give it a go. So, you know, the, the answer to your question is as ever with these things, you know, quite a broad spectrum of, of reactions. But what I am seeing is, is momentum in favor of remote working. You know, I'm seeing real, a real shift in attitudes. Okay. Do, do you think the people like, the lawyers that are in the offices work well with the remote workers as a general sort of rule, like as part of a team, you know, having people yeah. like a, a team of say five lawyers working on a, a deal and then there's one lawyer that's working remotely. How does that kind of that dynamic play out? Yeah. Obviously again, it varies. I think it's, it's an interesting point to raise though, because um, we um, as a sector you know, have a lot of learning to do around how to operate as a team when you've got some remote workers. So, you know, there there are certain things um, that will need to shift slightly. Um, and, you know, part of what we do um, where we're placing free range lawyers with law firms for the first time is, is just talk about some of the key things that can be put in place. Um, you know, to make that arrangement as effective as possible. Just following on from Paul's question, how do you handle induction of remote lawyers? Yeah, um, uh, so we, we deploy a lot of Bailey skills on the psychological side um, to really um, ensure that we have um, uh, clarity about, about the best way for them to, to operate. So um, Bailey's really good at... Um, uh, working with the lawyers um, to make sure that they've got the right kind of um, um, setup um, in place for them to succeed. Um, there's also induction in terms of the assignments as well. Um, and that's around really understanding what the client law firm um, is looking for, making sure we're really clear about who the key points of, of contact are, um, making sure we have clarity around literally the mechanism that's going to be used for communication um, and that they're up and running on that. So, um, you know, we also get very, very involved in just making sure those the nuts and bolts of the assignment um, are in place, as well as that bigger question around how do you set yourself up to work effectively um, on a remote basis? Okay, yeah. I, so there's sort of two levels of induction, isn't there? There's sort of inducting them into that remote way of working and then inducting them into the, the client. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And we have, um, uh, we're just finalising actually our handbook, which just gives, you know, gives them a lot more detail on kind of the nuances of, of um, working in this way. You know, it's not necessarily going to be covered in our in our um, our agreement, um, but there's other stuff that we want to convey around the best way to operate, you know, how to keep in touch, um, when to let us know, when to ask questions, um, and when to just get on with the work, really. So, you know, all of that kind of stuff from our experience of, of running the business just for the first sort of eight months or so now, we've we've collected that all in one place, um, and we're, you know, we're ready to share that in the next few weeks um, in a handbook. And that's really the collective wisdom of, 
of Bailey, Kate and me, the team here, um, but then also the lawyers that have already been on assignment, you know, through us and, and what they've learned from that experience. Oh, excellent. That's such a idea. Yeah. This is a new way of doing things. Um, and yeah. so, um, you know, we, we need to be honest about the fact that um, we, we have expertise in this area, but we also need to be honest about the fact that we're all learning. And if we can kind of share that learning, um, then yeah. we'll all benefit. Oh, absolutely. And it'd be really good intellectual property for you as an organisation too, to, to be able to set people up yeah. really well. Beautiful. One yeah. last question about yeah. the law firms, then I'm going to kick over to the lawyers themselves. In terms of technology, do you find that law firms maybe want to provide their own laptops or um, are they quite happy for people to, to access their systems? I presume they're like cloud-based. Yeah, um, so uh, the way that we recommend the law firms operate is that they um, provide um, remote access to, into their IT systems for the lawyers. Yep. Um, and then, the, yeah, our free-range lawyers are, you know, working within that system um, and, uh, you know, and all of the information that is, is being used is staying within that system. Um, yep. So, yeah, that, that's our experience, actually. And look, that, that's what law firms are doing for their remote working employees already. Um, you know that that's that that is already in place. That precedent is is already set, and it's really just a case of deploying it for contract workers instead. Yeah, yeah often law firms are concerned about IP and you know stuff being saved locally and things like that. So I was wondering how they felt about all that. Okay, um, kicking over to the lawyers themselves. Do you actually help them with on the technological side? Do you help them with the technology as part of their induction and setup? Um, the reality is that they will use the law firm's um, technology when they're on assignment. Um, that's the first point to make. So really we are, as part of our selection process, testing for their adaptability and their ability to pick things up quickly and just run with it. Um uh, and the second point is that the vast majority of people that come to free range lawyers um, have already set themselves up working independently and and most of them all have already been working independently remotely. So they're pretty IT savvy. And actually, you know, again, um, selecting people that work remotely is a nice, neat way of selecting people who are pretty um, self-help um, yeah. Yeah. And, and used yeah. to using technology. Um, it's, where you find issues with this is perhaps more those that have, have always been used to going into an office and having, you know, having that um, help on hand. You know, if you work for yourself and um, you work from a home office, um, you know, you've, you've got to be able to adapt and adjust and get things working um, because if you don't, you can't earn money. So actually we find, Rob, we find that less of an issue than you might think just because of the people that we're getting on board. Okay, yes. Totally makes sense to me. Now, putting on my workplace hat, um, OH&S, do you, do you assist the contractors at all with their setup of their home office environment or is that largely over to them? Um, it is largely over to them um, because they're independent contractors. Um, and they're working independently. Um, mm -hmm. uh, again, what we do is is we advise on best practice. Um, and and again, we use Bailey's skills um, uh, to make sure that we we do that. Yeah. Um, 
but again, because most of them are already operating in this way, they will have a setup that works for them. Okay, cool. All right. Now, one of the things that I learned, as I said, I've worked a little bit within a virtual firm, was it's important to create a sense of belonging. So how do you you creating that sense of belonging for your free rangers? Yeah, I mean, while they're on assignment, um, you know, they're they're engaged to to get some work done. Um, And, you know, the primary aim is to to get that work done for the law firm. Um, But that, that gets done best if there's, there's good communication and a relationship going on there. So the way that we deal with it on assignment is really making sure that we have clarity about who they're reporting to and that those those people have clear and open lines of communication. Um, on the other side of things, what one of the things that we're starting to, to work on is really building our free-range lawyer community um, and, and putting our free-range lawyers in touch with each other. So mm. we've actually been doing that. <clears throat> we've been doing that manually um, since we started. You know, if, if somebody's got a particular issue or question or they're interested in a particular area, we will put them in touch with another free-range lawyer. What we'd like to see ourselves doing certainly towards the start of next year is having having a bit more of a formal approach to create that community um, and really develop it. Because um, what I find is um, people people absolutely love saying, you know, I've found, I found my tribe. I've found people that think like me. Um, and uh, and it stops that isolation that can occur. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like that. I think that, yeah, I think creating that community, it probably also locks people in. Well, not locks them in, but it means it's sort of a barrier to work so if they're enjoying being part of that community as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Continuing professional development, is that their responsibility or is there, um, do you help them out at all with that? So continuing professional development is very much the lawyer's responsibility and it's part of being an independent contractor that you, you know, you take responsibility um, for that. Um, again, it's early days for us. Um, but we would really like to um, see ourselves next year providing um, uh, CPD, not on the, the technical law side. Um, that's not, you know, that's not where we can, um, you know, add to what's already out there. Um, but more on the remote working side um, and, the, you know, the different ways of, of managing uh, work of managing life, of managing a mindset. So um, that's that's uh, something that we're looking to focus on um, next year. Uh, and so our lawyers can um, tap into us for the continuing professional development um, more on the management side of things. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. So last question around free-range lawyers. Can they work from overseas? Um, yes, absolutely. Um, and in fact, we have a free range lawyer um, who um, is working um, from overseas for an Australian firm. So essentially, um, what we're looking for are people who are UK qualified, and well, we, we know that that doesn't quite exist. But we, you know, you know, yeah. you know what we mean: England, Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland, um, Australian, or New Zealand qualified. And and really, the the thinking is that 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 skills are very transferable between those jurisdictions. So if people have one or more um, of those um, qualifications, actually where they're based doesn't matter. 
that's the whole point of this. Um, it's about the skills within the person and the services that that person has to offer um, rather than where they're sitting and where they're based. Sensational. Oh, I might have to do a law degree and move to Paris. <laughs> <laughs> do. <laughs> Just um, putting my marketing hat on for a second, um, interested in sort of how you have gone about marketing range lawyers. So is it largely relationship based? Is it have you been driving it through social media? What's what's been your main focus for your marketing? Um, it very much so my background in, in marketing and sales and obviously I've worked in the contract lawyer space for a while and that's that really helps me to kind of understand I guess the best ways to tap yeah. tap into this market. Um, and what I know from that is it's very relationship based. It's very word of mouth. Yes. Um, and particularly when you're doing something new, um, uh, social proof is really important. Um, so hearing from somebody that has done this um, already um, and has enjoyed it and benefited from it is is, is vitally important. So, um, uh, and we also know that in this kind of business, um, you know, there's no substitute for those personal relationships. And so you'll see on our website, you know, it's very much about, Bailey and me and what we offer and the way we operate and the way we interact with people, um, you know, rather than some algorithm, um, you know, mm. matching up lawyers with assignments um, in the background. And so, yeah, our marketing has been very social media led and very personality led um, with, with, the, with the two of us. And we found that that's worked really well um, so far and has been really effective in finding the right kind of people. Mm, and the name helps as well. You know what it is straight away. <laughs> yeah, I love. I mean, I, I, I said to you, I, I said to said to you before, Paul, haven't I? That you know, the moment I realised I had to do this was when I thought that name is so good, I've got to use it. <laughs> um, so um, you know, um, and it, it works. People don't forget the name. Um, and actually, a few people counselled me against using it. Um, when I when I when I was thinking of setting up, but my gut instinct said no, it's it's a good one. Um, go with it, and I'm so glad that I did. Awesome. So how how does pricing work? It's a really simple model. Um, in that um, uh, we agree a rate with a lawyer, um, we add a margin on, and then that's the rate that we charge the law firm. Um, now we don't have um, we we agree with a lawyer a range of rates within which um, we will operate um, rather than sticking to a single rate okay. because there are a whole variety of reasons and factors that will affect the rate um, that a lawyer will yeah. work at. So, yeah, that's that, that, that's the model that we operate. I like it. Very simple. I like it. Cool, cool. Yeah. Over Thank you. You're welcome. I think the whole – I really quite like – it's very thoughtful the way you've approached this. Um, yeah, and I think – it's lovely that you also identified, you know, it's still something that you're working on and improving all the time. So wish you the best of luck. Thank you, Rob. Thanks very much. All right. We're going to get started with the lightning round now. Catherine, what's the best piece of business advice you've ever received? I think it's trust your gut instinct. Mm-hmm. Um, so if something, if something feels right, it is right. And if it feels wrong, it most definitely is wrong. So don't... Don't underestimate the power of um, feeling in yep. business. I couldn't agree more. Um, what was your first ever job? My first ever job was selling pies 
at West Bromwich Albion and Aston Villa football grounds. Wow. Pies and coffee. Yeah. And it, it, re- it, it was character building, that's yep. for sure. <laughs> cool. Uh, if someone really knew you very well, um, what is one thing that they'd know about you that others wouldn't? They, they would know that I am... Oh, that's a really tricky one. <laughs> what would they know about me that others wouldn't? They would know that I'm distantly related by marriage to Marilyn Monroe. Wow. <laughs> that's out there. <laughs> I didn't expect, expect that. me to say that, hey? <laughs> No. Um, can you nominate another legal industry leader that you hold great respect for that you think we should have on the podcast? Oh, uh, there are so many, Paul. Um, but I would nominate somebody that has been um, really generous to me since I moved to Australia um, and has since become a good friend, but who I respect a great deal professionally. Um, and that's that's a mutual contact of ours, um, Jodie Baker. Oh, um, who's coming up on the show um, in a few weeks, I think. So. Hi, Legland Balkia. Oh, we're of one mind. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, you know what Jodie has to say is so worth listening to. Um, but as I say, not just that she's very generous with her yep. um, her her time and ideas. So that will be a really interesting one to um, to listen to. Awesome, it's great. Um, if you could lead any company in the world other than free range lawyers, what what company would that be? I think it would be Basecamp. I knew you um, were going to so say that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just, I just can't stop talking about them. I just, I don't know what I'd do if I ever met one of the two founders. I, I just, well, I wouldn't be able to speak. I don't think um, because I love their product, but I just love the way that they built their business um, yeah. and the messages that they give out around um, just just cut, cutting through the rubbish and sticking to the knitting, as we say in the UK, and you know. Um, uh, just being realistic and honest about what it takes to build a business. Um, yep. So, yeah, I would love to work with those two guys mm. running, oh, business, running their, their business. Their advice and their books is just, yeah, amazing. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, and last one, if listeners would like to connect with you or apply for a job at Free Range Lawyers, uh, what's the best way to get yep. in touch? Yeah, so our website address is pretty simple. Uh, it's freerangelawyers.com. Um, so we're pretty too easy to find um, in that regard. And um, you can either apply online or you can click on contact us and get hold of us that way. Um, you can book um, a kind of introductory chat um, if you'd just like to find out a little bit more um, about us. Um, and then, as I say, I'm a big believer and user in uh, of LinkedIn. Um, so find me there, Catherine Thomas, Catherine with a K, um, and I'd be really happy to connect. Fantastic. Thanks so much for being on the show, Catherine. Thanks for having me, Paul and Rob. Thanks very much. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to Professionally Challenged. Visit our website at www.professionallychallenged.com and please leave us a review on iTunes. Until next time, bye for now.